everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Uh, Tim Ryder here. Back with me again is uh, my mesmerized brethren, Matt Brownstein. How's it going, buddy? Tim, doing good, man. Hanging in there and uh, kind of bunkering down for now, but, uh, you know, making do. How about you? Okay. Yeah, I'm doing well. Everybody's healthy. Uh, the kids are home. Everybody's home for the week, so they're getting a little stir crazy already. But uh, I'm actually working. I'm in the trades, so I am in an empty warehouse. We're going to call that our little safe zone. <laughs> and then we're scheduled to be there for the next month or so. So unless things go uh, go differently, I might be luckily being able to uh, keep some money coming in these days. How are you guys doing up there? Uh, we're doing all right. Uh, girlfriend and I are, are already uh, doing well, work from home now. I'm on day five. She's on day two. So we're... Uh, you know, kind of trying to make do with what we have and trying to stock up on some supplies and, you know, not go too crazy with all the horrifying things that we keep hearing in the news every day. But uh, trying to find a toilet paper roll is very, very uh, a strenuous task out here in, uh, in New Jersey. So I don't know if anybody else is going through the similar situation, but uh, that's the one issue that we're finding is no toilet paper anywhere. So uh, besides that, we're, we're OK. Thank you. know, Knock on wood so far. But I'm glad to hear you, you and yours are doing OK so far. We're doing all right. And before I hit record, me and Matt were talking. Uh, I, we actually did very well on toilet paper and other, other necessities out here. We hit our local bodega. We're in Copaic and we have a couple Shout of Shout out to the bodegas. Shout out to the bodegas. Because, yeah, we, <laughs> we, I swear they, they, they were stocked up. I thanked these guys, thanked them profusely. And, uh, yeah, really, it just it hit a home run. And I, I don't, no pun intended. I know this is a baseball podcast, but, uh, yeah, we we scored. We, we we it was great. It was it was absolutely great. We went in there. We actually celebrated a little bit. Man, so people be have, people will be paying top dollar for that now. Don't, you know, you spread the word that you have some toilet paper, man. You could probably upsell that. You know, three four oh. times the amount. <laughs> oh, no, I did check with my neighbors though. I checked with my neighbors, made sure everybody was good. Everybody was good. So good man. So, yeah, we are good we man. are stocked up. We're good to go. But um, lots of going on in the base world world. Well. In a sense, <laughs> not really a lot going on in the baseball world, but uh, we're getting more and more news every day on kind of how Major League Baseball is going to be handling everything. Um, it, it appears that they're moving towards uh, whether, you know, I, I guess this is between the union and, and the league themselves, um, moving towards getting minor leaguers included in this, um, I guess, uh, some sort of payment while things are uh, in on hiatus. Um, the Mets and the Reds are the two teams that have agreed to continue to pay their minor leaguers stipends throughout all of this. And for that, we tip that we tip our hats to you teams. Um, hopefully MLB does it across the board, but you know, <clears throat> Matt, do you have any, do you have any thoughts that this season's going to get started before Memorial Day weekend? You know, at this point, as we keep hearing news and every day with more information being put out there, it really doesn't sound like it is, honestly. I mean, you know, there's some people that are um, opining that it might not be till July at this point, which, you know, with, you know, talking about the draft in June, you know, you're talking about the international draft in July. Um, you know, there's just so many things that are, are going on that is just going to be pushed back more and more now. I, I don't think I really don't see how, especially now with players having to go through, you know, likely another secondary spring training to, you know, knock the rust off after being off for such a long period of time. I just don't see how the logistics of it work that you can even get. You know, I think, let me put it this way. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a pipe dream really to, to think that we could get baseball back by Memorial Day week. And I really do. I think it's, I think the more 
this continues to spread and the more news that we get. And obviously the other day of baseball coming out and saying that it's pushed, you know, regular season at least right now is pushed back even further than they had initially uh, uh, said that they, it was going to be. Uh, this is just, I, I think this is going to be the point now where we're talking about July and on and, and maybe even further out at this point. Well, yeah, I guess, um, I don't know if you saw it, uh, former major league third baseman, Trevor Plouffe. Yes. Um, he went on Twitter. He said he's, he's hearing that July is the earliest being discussed right now. And the wow. real possibility of no fans, um, in the stands for the remainder of the season. That, that that's rough. <laughs> that's rough. Well, you know, if it's, if it's for the best, I mean, if it's going to keep everybody healthy, uh, you know, you have to kind of just go along with it, grin and bear it and we'll do what we have to. Now I've heard folks say that the owners would never go for this. I have just one point that I think that the TV and advertising money would be so just too substantial for the owners to say no. Well, what about the venues? Well, of course, these teams all own their own venues. They're going to do fine. But is there, do you think there's a way that they can actually play out a whole season that everybody would be happy? Like, and I'm talking everybody, the owners, the players, the fans, um, do you think that that could that that's an, uh, you know a realistic route for Major League Baseball to take? Um, I mean, if, if you're talking about not having not having fans in the stands, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, not I, having fans. Ah, man, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, because you talk to a lot of players, and a lot of players say that they really, you know, and and I think I would say maybe a good majority, if not all of them, say that they feed off the fans in the stands, right? I mean, it's it's weird. It's got to be a weird atmosphere not having, you know fan noise and fan applause and just even the booze uh, in the stands. And I mean, remember the games back what a few years ago in Baltimore when they played with, you know, with uh, empty stands and uh, you know, just how, just how odd it was and just an eerie feeling. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think obviously that would hurt, uh, you know, owners as well. And obviously, you know, they're getting, they're getting their money from advertising and uh, you know, stadium rights and uh, you know, MLB um, technology and all that. But uh, in terms of just having, not having this, the fans in the stands, I think it's just such a weird, weird position to even think about. But I mean, I think in this, in these times we, we have to think of all possibilities to be able to get any sort of uh, season in, you know, in play this year. So I, I can't say that's off the table, but personally, I just can't envision, um, you know, as a fan, not having fans in the stands, but of course, you know, the league along with all the other sporting leagues and all other, you know, things across the country that are going on that include large masses of people, they have to take, uh, their health into account, and that's going to come first and foremost. And and if that's what it's going to take to play a season, then I, I guess that's I guess that's an alternative. But I just yeah, it's a tough pill for me to swallow to think that they won't be you know fans allowed to watch you know in person. See, and and I get that, and I think that that would be a huge hurdle to leap uh, to clear for at least the fan base and probably the players as well. They they certainly feed off the energy, like you said. We've seen players come out and say that, but. One, if it's if the only alternative is playing to empty stadiums or canceling the season, I think we're all on board with playing with them playing to empty empty stadiums. Because um, if it's still a health risk, I mean, you can't put the public at risk. You can't put players at risk, of course. Right. And you know, <laughs> when when you're, I guess, given two choices of either do it one way or don't do it at all. I guess I, personally, I have to kind of lean towards, 
you know, let's just give this a shot. And I, I really, in a perfect world, and I might just, my optimist might be showing here, I really think that everyone would kind of get used to the empty stadiums fairly quickly, players included. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a game of routine. And sure, this is going to change the, the routine, but, you know, before they know it, they're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Most of us don't see every game from the stands. Um, I think it would, it would put even more emphasis on the, uh, the covering of the games from a broadcasting standpoint. And, you know, as Mets fans, we're absolutely spoiled in that department on both ends, radio and TV. So, I mean, there's going to be pluses to it. And in my mind, as long as there's baseball, I'm happy. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I, as a fan, would be totally um, against that if those are our only options. But, you know, hopefully this thing does kind of clear out towards the summer months and, and they can just resume, get everything back to normal. Because right. uh, I think that's what we all want right now as, as, a, as a society. Absolutely. No, and point well taken. And, and like, and, and to, to your point, absolutely. If it's between not having a season at all or, and having a season that, you know, is, doesn't involve fans, obviously I think everybody will take, you know, having a season with no fans in the stands. I guess my question though is if it's safe enough for the players to go out there and to have, you know, personnel in the ballparks, obviously with the front office and, you know, and such, um, obviously having, you know, thousands more fans in the stands is obviously putting a lot more people uh, potentially in contact with one another. But I, I guess my thing is if it's enough to have, you know, let's say hundreds, if not a few thousand people in the ballpark already with players, personnel, front office, et cetera, uh, I would hope at that point that if it's safe enough for that, that it would be safe enough to have, you know, the additional fans in the stadiums or possibly if you wanted to, and I don't know how the logistics work with this, but, you know, if you wanted to try to do some spacing, right, to not have fans toppled on top of each other, you know, and try instead of, you know, selling out the ballparks, Instead of selling, you know, 35, 40,000 seats, you know, maybe do half a stadium, you know, maybe try to do it where you're only sitting people every other section, you know, or doing something where, you know, you still have fans in the park, but you're not having them completely always on top of each other, always next to each other and every single seat trying to get filled. And maybe that's a way to try to, you know, still get fans to be able to come and enjoy it, um, but also still trying to distance and keep, you know, the, the health of the public. Uh, in play as well, you know, just, just spitballing an idea, but, um, yeah, I mean, every day I just feel like we're getting, you know, more and more towards the fact that baseball is going to be postponed for the foreseeable future. And this is something that we unfortunately have to, have to deal with at the moment, but it's, uh, it's just a sad reality that just keeps setting in more and more each day, unfortunately. And it's, it doesn't help the, the uncertainty and the anxiety and the fear that comes along with the whole situation. Like baseball was our kind of, that that was our go-to, especially at this time of year. Right, um, their escape. Yeah, it, it was our, you know, it was there for us through everything, and now it's not. And um, and sports as a general, I mean, you know, we 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 live this, we do this in our spare time. This is what we do. Like, you know, you you've made a career out of this. Like, you know, uh, this is the sports is what we love, and we don't have it there to kind of take us through. Now, I don't know if you've had the the chance to. I have not yet. I've still been somewhat busy. Um, have you taken advantage of MLB putting up uh, thousands and thousands of games on YouTube in the past few days? You know, I have not, unfortunately, but I've seen many other people that have, and I'm definitely going to have to jump on that bandwagon sooner rather than later because uh, otherwise uh, I'm going to go crazy not having some kind of baseball. Uh, you know, I, I do tune into MLB Network. I still watch S&Y. 
Uh, I still obviously go on Twitter a lot and, and do all that, but I definitely need to go on uh, on YouTube and take advantage because there's probably some great content on there that uh, at least will hopefully help get us through the next <laughs> the next few months of uh, not having any you know any professional sports and you know even not even sports, but how about just entertainment in, you know in itself? I mean, uh, you know, Broadway shows are closed in Manhattan. Uh, movie theaters are closing in Manhattan and Jersey. Uh, you know, there's so much that are, you know, that is supposed to be an escape for us and it's supposed to be, a, a, you know, something that of a distraction, something that we enjoy. And a lot of those things right now are just not accessible. And, and that's something that, you know, a lot of us in society today are just aren't used to not having this kind of, you know, uh, 24-7 type of instantaneous, you know, uh, entertainment around us. And, and I think that's something that it's going to take for me too, uh, you know, some getting used to. Oh, sure. I think, you know, uh, kind of just adapting to this new life we're all living and um and not going crazy and i know that um you know and this is real talk um folks if you're feeling anxious if you feel like you have to talk to somebody there's avenues you know for you to take don't let being cooped up in your house all day really get to you because it's easy to fall into a hole keep yourself active you know take a walk take a walk if you can um whatever just you know be safe, keep yourself protected, do all the right things. But, um, you Absolutely. know, really at this, you know, being, being cooped up like that, it's going to get to you. And, you know, you just kind of make sure that, uh, you keep your mental state, uh, sharp. Well said. Absolutely. It, it could take a, it could take a, take a toll. But, um, now I, I don't know if you noticed, uh, if you saw on Tuesday afternoon, um, major league baseball said that they would be committing funds uh, from each team or to each team to take care of their game day employees and such. Uh, quick round of applause for that. Cause that's just really, um, these people, you know, make our game days go smooth. Uh, they mean so much to us as a fan base, as a, as a game, as a sport itself. And, uh, really just a, a commendable move there. Minor leaguers are still yet to know their fate. As we spoke about briefly earlier, um, I guess non-roster players, I guess non-roster invitees who were on a roster in 2019 and played a certain amount of games. Uh, again, I, I got home a little while ago. I haven't really read through all the uh, all the tweets just yet. But um, I, I guess a route of compensation for everybody is, is kind of starting to take form. Um, in the meantime, though, minor leaguers are kind of left in the wind. Like I, we said earlier, two teams, the Mets and the Reds, are taking care of their own. Emily Walden, who many of you know from The Athletic and from Baseball America, she writes about uh, the minor leagues as a, as a whole. She actually won a Sabre Award this year for her terrific uh, story about just the, the plight of minor leaguers uh, trying to get by on less than minimum wage. If you haven't checked it out, uh, I believe it's free content right now for yeah. The Athletic. So even if you don't have a subscription, you can check it out. Uh, so Emily Walden, <laughs> I don't know how she pulls off this magic. Uh, she has. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, oh, let's say a dozen, even more, my goodness, a dozen or so major cities across America and probably another half dozen or so, oh, my goodness. Nope, let's say pretty much all over Canada, any minor league ball players returning home and who need employment, she's got opportunities set up literally across the country and across Canada right now for these guys. She's doing more for minor league baseball players than major league baseball does for minor league baseball players. And it's just, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's commendable. It's, it's outstanding. Matt, when is major league baseball going to 
kind of match the effort. Can we expect them to go above and beyond in, in a situation like this? You you hope, you know, and that's all we can do at this point is hope. Unfortunately, you know, minor leaguers aren't in the same, don't have the same union, don't have a union um, that, you know, the major league baseball players do, obviously, with the uh, Players Association. So um, they're, you know, they're kind of left in limbo, unfortunately. And, and like we discussed, you know, at the start, um, some of the clubs like the Mets, the Rays, and the Dodgers uh, are, are, you know, still giving out their stipends to, through the end of the month. Um, and that's just a very temporary solution to, you know, such a much larger much larger scale uh, problem that, you know, has been going on. Um, you know, this is not something new, obviously, but it's been more highlighted by, you know, such fantastic people like Emily Walden of The Athletic, who's, you know, really done a fantastic job, you know, highlighting just a lot of the injustices that these minor leaguers go through, um, you know, on a year-to-year basis. But to answer your question, I, you know, I think I think your guess is as good as anybody's. Um, you know, you would hope that something would be done. I think that a lot of people on Twitter and social media have made it, a cause like Emily, um, you know, and a lot of people, even some ex major, you know, even some current major leaguers, excuse me, um, like Sean Doolittle, uh, who's very vocal, uh, you know, on social media about, um, you know, making sure the minor leaguers are taken care of because a lot of these guys have gone months without checks, you know, and obviously, you know, the stipends, yes, are a nice gesture, um, but you're talking about just a couple hundred dollars a week. Um, and, you know, these guys are already, I mean, we've seen prospects and, and minor leaguers on Twitter talking about how they've already gotten, you know, jobs uh, working at DoorDash or working, you know, Uber or Lyft or delivery and, you know, trying to just make, you know, make ends meet for themselves currently um, because obviously with the minor league season suspended as well, there's not going to be paychecks coming in for them. Um, and those paychecks are already low as it is. So now you're talking about no money. Um, yeah, I mean, I think hopefully with enough push like we saw uh, on social media with, you know, talking about seasonal uh, employee workers, uh, which now are finally, like you, like you mentioned, are getting paid um, the last compensations uh, that each team is going to cover. You hope that that hopefully will then mean minor leaguers are somewhat taken care of um, because, you know, without these guys, you know, trying to push through the major leagues, you know, we, to the major leagues, you know, we wouldn't have a sport. We wouldn't have a game. And, and to simply just kind of poo-poo these guys and, you know, say, oh, well, you know, it's not a, you know, if they really want to get a job, then go get a real job out in the real world. You know, it's just, it's not fair to say that this is this is their career. This is their job, and this is what they're you know just like everyone has hopes and dreams. This is what their hope and dream is. And to simply say that you know you know it, it, either go get a real job or it'll take care of itself. It's just not fair uh, you know characterization of what these guys are trying to do at, in life. And uh, you know you, you certainly hope that these guys are taken care of at some point. And um, you know that's going to be a major contention, I think, in the in the next uh, in the next in the next contract negotiations. But as of right now, you know, you, you just got to hope that these guys are, are somehow taken care of uh, going forward. You know, they're 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 literally the future of our game. Absolutely, how, how, how they're not being um, prioritized through this, or, or even through this, through through this entire process. I mean, since as far back as we can remember, minor leaguers just haven't make haven't been able to make ends meet um uh, before we hit record today me and matt were talking about my brother who spent uh, a season on the road with a uh, with the red sox minor league affiliation in greenville south carolina uh he was the athletic trainer just doing an internship you know he got the same stipend that they did he lived on the road in, in a bus and in hotels and had to get an apartment with four other trainers just like they did and um you know he's i guess lucky that his job was able to take them other places these guys are baseball players this is what they do they're literally employees of your organization 
And it, 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 if they want to offshoot that into, oh, they're actually players for minor league baseball. I mean, give me a fucking break. Excuse my language. But, you know, these guys are under contract with you. Um, and I'm speaking, of course, to, to major league clubs. Um, you have to you have to make these guys part of your plan. And I, I, I hope that it's addressed at least in some way during the next CBA. But who knows? And, you know, with this whole coronavirus thing leading into next season with a possible um, a labor dispute uh, on the horizon, it's just very uneasy times for a baseball fan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, I think that's the scary part. And, and you know, the, you, you worry about these guys who, like you said, are the next generation of ball players. And, uh, you know, even if they're not, they're guys that obviously are playing against the next generation of ball players and are helping these guys hone their skills and get better across each level. And, uh, you know, they deserve to, to, to be paid a living, living wage. I mean, you know, we live in the United States and obviously not to get political, but, uh, you know, I think everybody deserves to have, to be able to have a living wage and to be able to support themselves and their families. And, uh, you know, minor league ball players are no different. Uh, at the end of the day. So I, I don't see, I don't get why these guys aren't getting paid, uh, you know, livable wages that they can get through the year. I mean, a lot of these guys have to go and, you know, get, you know, either shell out for their own equipment or get, you know, hand me down equipment. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot, you know, these guys have to find living. These guys have to, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, finding places for their, for their, their, um, their spouses to go and some have kids and it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot to handle for, Guys that are in their, you know, early 20s um, who are, you know, a lot of times just wouldn't be in college or just getting out of college. And it's a lot to handle for these guys. And, you know, teams, yes, they do help and they have, you know, some systems in place where, you know, they, they help with their education. And, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's food involved and this and that. But, you know, there's definitely more that can be done for Major League Baseball, which continues to see, you know, record revenues every single year and where teams continue to be valued at, you know, such high high prices and, 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 you know, continue to see, you know, billions of dollars come into the league, uh, you know, to, to say that these guys can't be, you know, afforded just, you know, regular living wages, I, I think is, is, is really crappy. <laughs> and it has been for some time now and it definitely needs to change. Oh yeah. No, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's unsustainable um, to expect, uh, you know, development or, or the, the, the highest possible development. For and and I, I hate to be blunt, but from an owner's point of view, these guys are assets, right? And to not put when they're people, but to not put these people in the best position to succeed when their future means so much to the future of your organization, it just it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, teams put more money into a fucking free shirt. I'm just, I keep on cursing. I do apologize. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. It, it, is, okay. it is okay. We're 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 we're, we're yeah, it is what it is. I read um, somewhere that the smarter people actually curse more. Oh boy, I hope so. So that might be a thing. I hope. Don't that's don't true. quote me, but I read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah, just it, I forgot where I was going with it, but really, just uh, Major League Baseball has to do a better job of taking care of their minor league ball players, and uh, you know the buck stops with them. I hate, I hate to pull a, a cliche term like that out, but it it does. It's it's up to them to do this because clearly no one else is doing it for them. So, and, and you know, you brought up a good point too before Tim is that you know it, it's in you know they look at them as assets as much as they don't want to use that term. And if you want to look at them like that, then wouldn't you want to put more money into the minor leaguers because more money to them yeah. means that they have better eating, you know, better eating habits, better training. 
um, you know, they can afford to go out and, and, you know, take better care of themselves and have better equipment. And, you know, obviously we see what the, what the teams are doing now with having better technology, right? With TrackMan or Sotos and all this, you know, all these, uh, um, cave vests and, and, and wearable technology. Well, think of that, you know, for the minor leaguers as well. Think about the money that they have extra in their pocket can be afforded to better nutrition and better health and better, you know, overall care of their body, which is their, you know, which is their career. Um, yeah. so I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to make that investment in your own players, in your own system, you know, which is just boggles my mind. Now we have seen some teams, I think it was the Blue Jays last year, I believe, which Emily Walden and Ken Rosenthal reported, but we're going to be the, I think the first team to now, you know, uh, increase their minor league, uh, salaries across the board. And we've seen a few teams, I think, say that they're going to do that as well, but it's still, you know, not to the livable wage standard, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. And, you know, like you alluded to before, I think, the CBA hopefully will involve that, but you know it, it's going to be a contentious battle for many other issues that are on the table. So yeah. you hope that minor league side of it is also you know hopefully front and center in that regard. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's it's so crazy that the the steps that the steps that have been taken as far as with the Blue Jays and with other teams <laughs> that Emily Walden was kind of the, the 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 you know the push behind that, but and that's you know. They didn't do anything until they were kind of put into the light. And, right. uh, it's, yeah, it really is a shame. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, like you said, this, this is maybe fourth or fifth on the list of, on the docket heading into negotiations for the CBA. If you're in the, in the players association mind, they have bigger fish to fry. And as unfortunate as that is for the minor leaguers, you just have to, you know, hope that it does find its way onto the table. Absolutely. And, and, and that also shows you, you know, what a, an uphill battle it's going to be too, if that's, you know, fourth or fifth, which I'm, I, I agree with you, but that just shows how much, uh, you know, there, there are some, there are a lot of issues that are going to come to light, um, you know, by the time the next CBA rolls around. And, and that's, that's the scary part. You know, we we're talking about possibly having, hopefully having a season by July, you know, who knows what's going to happen, you know, before, it's all said and done with this labor, you know, this labor negotiation. But, uh, you know, I know that's another story for another day, but that's, that's also a scary, you know, proposition as well that, you know, who knows what's going to happen if everything gets met and, you know, if, you know, negotiations are, are, you know, possible, but there are a lot of issues, um, currently with, you know, with the players and, and the game that, uh, have to be addressed. And, and you hope that it's enough where there's not going to be a labor strike and, and not going to have any, you know, any, you know, longstanding, you know, uh, time off from the game just because of, of not being able to negotiate a, a contract. You know, we're already going through that uh, in different circumstances, obviously this year with the coronavirus, but, you know, we definitely don't want to have any other years where there's not, you know, major league baseball being played because that's just, it's just not good for the game. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for anybody. So, you know, you hope that, you know, they can still hopefully, you know, maybe with this time um, that's going on, I know that there have to be at the, you know, obviously teams and, and the, in the, you know, organizations and, and major league baseball have to, be focused on, you know, this task at hand and what's going on with the coronavirus. But, you know, maybe they can, you know, talk a little about, you know, a little bit, you know, about some of the negotiations that they that they need to talk about. I know, you know, there's been talks already that they've they've met and they and they've tried to, you know, kind of work through some things already. But maybe this will be an opportunity to try to work some things out, you know, ahead of time. You know, we'll see. But um there's definitely there's definitely a fight and a battle coming and uh, you know, you hope that it just ends with uh, Major League Baseball being played and not being, you know, locked out. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I remember 1994 very well. I was uh, I was a young fan at the time, and uh, that was an awful, helpless, hopeless feeling. 
was, you know, oh, wow, there's no baseball tonight. Oh, there's no baseball until next year. Oh, spring training is not going to start. And, you know, they were replacement players ready to start the season. This was, what, a week before the season was supposed to start. They finally came to an agreement. Right. Um, extremely uneasy times. And uh, that that was the first feeling that I got when the season was put off. It was, holy shit, this feels like the strike. And, you know, you you just took our game away from us. And, of course, this is for all the right reasons. This isn't a strike. But come next season, I mean, there's a, like you said, there's a lot to dispute next season on both sides. And, uh, yeah, I have a feeling that it's not going to be pretty. Hopefully there's no time missed, but this is not going to be a pretty fight. <laughs> no, to- totally agree. Totally agree. And uh, I guess the only thing that, that this is – somewhat helped in terms of, and again, you know, not putting coronavirus at all, you know, in any, you know, this is obviously a serious issue, but this, I guess the Houston Astros must be pretty happy right now, not having to to deal with all the, all the issues that then all the booze and all the trash banging that they've, that they've heard in, in the uh, few weeks that they had with spring training. This, this must be a kind of a sigh of relief for them in, in a sense. Oh, they'll get a break from it, but it's coming back. You can rest assured <laughs> they're going to yeah. be hearing that. They're going to be hearing that, you know, for a while. I think that's going to go on for a very long time. I've already seen some of the videos on Twitter uh, of people playing MLB The Show, and the first thing they did was they had to put a video up of, you know, their team facing the Astros and plunking Jose Altuve on the first pitch. You know, I've seen <laughs> probably about a dozen of those videos already, which, you know, gives me a good chuckle. But, uh, you know, obviously not, not advocating for anybody to get hurt. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, this definitely is going to be put on the back burner. And we also have to still wait for the uh, the Red Sox punishment as well. Yeah, MLB has a lot on their plate right now, man. I was just, you know, I was speaking with, um, I believe I was speaking with Mets Daddy. Hey, buddy. Uh, and MLB has, they're not, they haven't been shown in the greatest light in the public lately. Uh, that's, no, I don't think anybody can argue with that. But they have the opportunity to make some very smart decisions. And if they like string together a few good decisions, they could really come out, you know, looking okay. But let's say they uh, really crack down. And I don't want to say crack down on punishment for the Red Sox, but they handle it better than they handled the Astros scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, great. That's, that's a, ch- that's a point. We'll give them a point for that. Moving forward. Let's say they, um, they're able to get baseball back up and moving in an orderly fashion. They take care of their minor leaguers while the game is not being played. Everyone's happy. Everyone's being taken care of. Nobody feels the sting of loss of employment. Great. Cool. Let's give them another point. Um, but 2021, MLB is willing to concede some of the issues that the players have grievances over. Great. Cool. They do those three things in a row, and not necessarily those three things, but just string together some great decisions, and they really could change the whole narrative around what they around the issues that surround this game. Um, you know, the whole juice ball thing and and the their response, MLB's response to it, that was subpar. Um, I don't think they can backtrack at this point. I think we could just kind of hope for uh, baseball on a more even keel moving forward. Um, but you know, we shall see. And they, they could say that, oh, we, we don't pull the strings. That's, that's out of our control. I, I call shenanigans on that, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. They have the opportunity to kind of change the narrative and, and do the right thing. And that's on so many fronts. Ho- hopefully they do. And I know we got a little sidetracked, but I guess it all kind of ties together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I think right now they are 
you know, after what they saw, how quick the reaction was with the NBA, uh, you know, suspending the rest of the season indefinitely. And with, uh, you know, I think, you know, the next day, I mean, Major League Baseball, um, you know, obviously pushed the season back. And then in and the following, you know, the next few days, obviously pushed back even further. So I think, you know, they've handled the coronavirus well enough. Um, I, I think one of the things that I find curious, though, is that, you know, because there was a report earlier today that all spring training facilities were closed. And then a, they backtracked and said, no. They're still open. They're just closed for the general public, so players can still train there. And you know, if there's if there's already you know these bands that you see with you know 50 or less people, um, you know, being in a certain place uh, in a given place, you know, I, I don't see how it's good to have players, you know, and and trainers or whoever else would be you know in a facility. So, um, I, I you know, I think they've handled the coronavirus probably to the best of their abilities, but I still think that you know, considering the severity and you know how many cases we see every day of it um you know i think they probably should be a little bit more proactive but maybe shut down um the facilities and and you know i know these guys still have to train i know these guys still have to you know keep in shape but i mean i think right now just with the health of you know this you know the country and, and the world um i i think that it might be prudent to to really take a a better stance and and really just kind of shut everything down at this point just to you know try to keep everything um, from spreading as it is. I mean, the, the news broke, I think, about an hour or so ago that uh, four of the Brooklyn Nets uh, tested for positive for coronavirus, and I think Kevin Garnett was one of them. Um, so we keep hearing, obviously, more and more people uh, are contracting. Uh, wait, wait, Ke- Kevin Garnett or Kevin Durant? I'm sorry, Kevin Durant. My apologies, Kevin Durant. I'm like, yes. wow. <laughs> No, 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 sorry, wrong Kevin. Kevin Durant, yes. I checked yes. my calendar, bro. I checked my calendar. I said, no <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> I went back a few years. Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, excuse me. Yes, he is one of the four Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, so uh, this is, you know, these are, un- like you mentioned at the top, these are unprecedented times. And unprecedented times call for, you know, unprecedented moves. And uh, I-, I think keeping players and personnel and just the general public safe as possible is the utmost important thing right now. And I think that that might be. I think we could see, you know, facilities eventually close, but obviously right now there was differing reports today, um, which then were um, ratified later on. But I, I think that's something that needs to be that needs to be looked at. Oh, definitely, and and it, you know, safety has to be paramount right now. Um, as it's pretty much as long as we have to wait, we're going to wait. But uh, boy, we just want baseball back. <laughs> but oh, I, I think, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, as much as I want to see Pete Alonso play other major leaguers on MLB The Show and watch it on Twitch and stuff like that, uh, you know, I'm all for that. But, you know, we, we, we just, we, we all want our game back and we all want everybody, uh, excuse me, everybody to be safe and, and just hoping that uh, this can all be resolved quickly. But I think we're, uh, we're, we're, in, we're in this situation for the, at least the foreseeable future, so. I'm sure you're going to be getting more episodes of Simply Amazing on the way, of course. Uh, keep on checking out Matt's Marized. Uh Matt, I think we touched on all our, all our bases today. You got anything coming out? I know you just interviewed somebody, didn't you? Yes. Uh, last week I interviewed uh, Mark Simon, uh, who is from yeah. Sports Info Solutions. Yeah, and they, uh, they come out, uh, came out with the, the Fielding Bible Volume 5 edition this year, which uh, Mark uh, co-authored. And a great book that deals with, you know, if you wanted to know anything about defense and shifts and all the metrics like defensive run save, which is from their company, um, this is the book for you. And it just came out. uh, It's out and available now. 
And uh, yeah, Mark was great. We talked about you know the book. We talked about uh, a lot about the Mets defense. Um, and yeah, I should be that should be out soon. Uh, I also interviewed Eric O'Flaherty, who uh, is a longtime reliever. He was part of that uh, <laughs> vaunted. Uh, oh, excuse, excuse, my dog is in the background barking. That's okay. Uh, uh, he was part of that vaunted Braves uh, bullpen that obviously featured him and Johnny Venters and Craig Kimbrell. And uh, yeah. he was a part of the Mets, obviously, a little bit. It's unforgettable times uh, for himself back in 2015 where, uh, you know, he, he, he had some trouble. But he was very cool. And uh, J.J. Putz should also be out soon, uh, just finishing up editing that. So that should be out hopefully in the next few days or so. Excellent. You know, I'm really curious to hear about J.J.'s experiences in New York. I know he wasn't here very long, but – um. He had his ups and downs. We'll, we'll we'll leave it there. Yes, definitely. And he did address that. So that, that will be in the right. article. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, speaking of authors, D.B. Firstman, uh, they wrote Baseball's Most Magnificent Monikers. Uh, the Hall of Name. I'm sorry. I missed the first part. Hall of Name, Baseball's Most Magnificent Monikers. Uh, they wrote uh, that this, uh, this came out. Ooh, it's available for purchase now, actually. Uh, D.B. is going to be on the program later in the week. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. So, uh, of course, that check cool. back in there. And, um, yeah, I think I think, I think think that's going to be all for today, man. Sounds good, man. That's yeah, short and sweet, you know. Um, yeah. Looking forward, to hearing, looking forward to hearing that interview. And, uh, yeah, man, be, be safe and be well, my friend. Excellent. Same to you and yours and uh, everybody. Just, you know, be safe, be smart. Um, you know, you don't need to hear the guidelines for me. Go to CDC, everybody. Check out CDC. Check out the World Health Organization. Uh, this is where you're going to get all the best info, um, most accurate info, I should say. And uh, everything's up to date. They update it pretty much every day. So, um, you know, keep keep track there. And, uh, yeah, guys, be safe. Let's go, Mets. Hopefully we get our boys back soon. Matt, always a pleasure, buddy. You too, sir. Thank you for having me again. All right, cool, man. And uh, we'll see you guys later in the week. Let's go, Mets. Adios. <laughs>